0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Moments Podcast. I am a little bit nervous to record this episode, a little bit excited. I'm feeling kind of every single emotion you could imagine, but I'm here with someone super special today and you guys know that I usually only record with my mom or with Lisette or with people that I talk to constantly every single day, but now we have someone new. I actually have my therapist here with me and I've told you guys I've had this idea to record this episode probably months ago and... You also know how I work, that it takes me a while to do the things I say I'm going to do, but I'm here with Miss... Dr. Leon? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's so fancy, because whenever I text my mom, I'm always like, Jessica, Jessica, <laughs> Jessica, but it's sort of I, I like it when you say it like that. I, and,
1: and I only am doing that just for your audience, mm-hmm. but I really am not particular at all what anybody calls me, and I'd say that most of my clients call me Jessica. <laughs> Jessica,
0: that's just who you are in my head, and, and I love it. But Jessica has changed my life, not even to get sappy. Like, I first started going to therapy, when was it? Like, about a year ago? I would say around the time that I started the podcast. a year and a half. I think right before I started the podcast, I started going to therapy. And honestly, I think I have you to thank for being the reason I started it. She's just been able to teach me so many different strategies and different, like, ways to think. And I don't even know... But she's changed my life, and I know that she can have some really valuable information to share with you guys, too. So I put on my Instagram story, and I just kind of asked, like, what would you ask a therapist if you were to go, or what do you need to talk to someone about? And I wrote down some of the things that you guys asked, and then we're just going to kind of talk. This is new for both of us, and I think it makes us both a little bit nervous, so just, you know, bear with us. But we're here, and we're going to have a good time, and yeah, I'm very. I really
1: am. I'm, I'm beyond blessed. First of all, every client, I always feel like I'm blessed to have met them. And for you specifically, being so beautiful inside and out, um, and what you do for others, and what you. Are on a journey for and sharing that, um, I could not be more honored to to be here and to be part of this and to help your audience in with whatever questions that they have.
0: Yeah, and I think it's just gonna be awesome. See you guys. She's really just my hype <laughs> woman. Like she she keeps me going. I swear. Um, but I will say before we get into this, like I want this to encourage you to talk to someone or. Let someone help you because it it's good for all of us. No matter what stage you're at in your life, you don't have to be broken. You don't have to be hurting to go to therapy or to talk to someone. It's just gonna make you feel better, and I think that ultimately just make your life better. But we'll just get into the questions. I guess we should start out with like a pretty basic one. What made you want to be a therapist? Um, I think you know this question. Actually, or a life coach, like what? Well, tell me, just tell me a little bit about yourself okay. in a way that you want to.
1: I mean, I I will say that I have always had a love in helping. Whether it was being a babysitter, wanting to do volunteer work, um, <clears throat> excuse me, being um, part of something that was big and being in the moment and being able to be like a helper or like a hero in those moments. Those were things that I knew I wanted to do. I never really knew a name for it. And it wasn't until I really experienced the situation with a personal friend's child that allowed me to really see the difference and the impact that I had on such a young child. And because it really evolved into this child's functioning just a little bit better and not being so nervous and anxious, I'm like, oh my gosh, I would love to do this one day and really make, make this my feel, job. Yeah, feel good
0: and feel better. Yeah. That is so cool. I love it. I yeah. really, really, really do.
1: And you know, actually, because you did mention like a few other ways that our role is viewed. For example, you said, you know, coach, therapist, um, life coach. It really is something that I think is important to think about because I think some words scare people. Mm -hmm. And for years and years and years, the word therapy was used to really denote that there's something wrong with you, or this disorder, or this problem. And even with these like, you know, I I say in quotes, like these crazy, you know, I think we're all crazy. But back in the day, it was like these real disturbances. Mm -hmm. And I think that the work now that most people do in therapy is more related to the counseling and trauma work of a lot of undoing um certain the the way that we made meaning of things in the past and having to unwire and rewire versus life coaching which is really about skills and you know enhancing whether it's social skills working on your emotional intelligence um, focusing, concentrating time management but most of all problem solving and coping and that to me is what so many people struggle with and find the challenge. and so if you think about what a guide you know a guide or a life coach is, is it somebody who has studied all of this and is there to help you with completely confidentiality at bay? And no judgments, there's no, uh, it's not a parent, it's not a teacher, so just going and being able to talk to somebody to get some guidance on how to handle and do things better, I think really is something that everyone should just think about, not waiting for a time in your life Mm -hmm. for a problem to happen, because if you're proactive, you really can do a very good job in preventing some of these bigger and serious things that can come your way and the way that you're coping you will already have them in place yeah and
0: I always say like I've talked about this I think on my tiktok like if you guys you're listening you've probably heard me say this time and time again like I don't I will go to therapy and we'll have a session even when I'm at like such a healed and happy point in my life because I kind of view it now as like a class like it's like going to my favorite class because I'm always learning something new and I'm always learning something that I'm going to use for the rest of my life so I'm like I just kind of see it like that and it's also taken the I guess, the stigma off of it. Because I remember when I first wanted to start going to therapy, I didn't really want to go because I was sad. I didn't want to accept the feeling that I was feeling things. I went because I wanted to. I was struggling so bad with my ADHD. And I was just telling her this before I started recording, that like, I told myself I was going to therapy to make myself more focused and like able to process like all my ADHD stuff without doing medication and whatever it was. Instead of just telling myself I was going to just kind of better my life in general and after however long it's been a year and a half now, I just view it as like this tool to help my life be better. And it's really just that simple. Yeah, it's an objective way. It's a way that
1: you can go in without Mm judgments and being able to get Different perspectives and different angles of how to see a situation and a problem. And
0: it's cool because even if I can, you know, go to my mom to talk about anything or go to my best friend to talk about whatever it is that I'm going through, it's really cool to be able to go to someone who doesn't know the other characters in the story, if that makes sense. And just hear like, in your eyes, what do you think, not necessarily what do I do, but like Mm -hmm. what pieces of information can you share with me that are going to help me get through this situation? And it's just awesome. It's really the best thing in the world. Everyone needs to go to therapy or get a life <laughs> coach or something, and I will say it until the end of time. But
1: Well, can I just add one more yeah, thing of actually, course. which I think you said was which is really important, is that you know, our brain is really focused on seeing and knowing all of the negatives very, mm-hmm. very easily. Like we're all kind I think, like experts. We just percent conditioned to do that. Exactly. So what people don't do, though, is ever really take a step back and look at, like, why are things going well? When you come and you're talking to me about the things that are going well, it is very important for me to reflect back to you, mm-hmm. can you tell me why? Why are things going so well for you so that you can see that you have been the creator and can, and, and put the things in place that were, are necessary for you to be in the space that you're in? But we yeah. don't often take time to do that when we are in a good space or when well, there's I things possible. Well,
0: I think, positive. I also think back to... Our last session, last week, when I I hadn't gone to therapy in a couple weeks or like Mm -hmm. maybe a month or so, just life was busy. I didn't have too much to talk about. I just kind of wasn't making it a priority. And then I had a situation happen and I was like, I can't wait to tell her about this. Like I got to tell her all the tea. And I ended up talking to her that session about what I thought I was going to be talking about the whole time. We only talked about it for 10 minutes and we spent the rest of the session talking about what was going right in my life and like what positives were happening and why they were happening. And I left that session and my biggest takeaway was that sometimes we need to just step back and look at the bigger picture. And I think that that's something really cool about talking to someone is you're taken kind of like, a, like it's a drum, like you see the whole view instead of just the one thing that you're focusing on. Yes. And I just think that that's very cool.
1: Absolutely. And that's what that is
0: supposed to serve. And just to mm -hmm. say, you know,
1: not every single person, like when you go to the doctor, you may not have, you know, that good vibe or you may not feel like that doctor is going to be as Mm -hmm. helpful as you need. So don't stop there. Don't not get some guidance or some help. Exactly. Just because one or two times Mm -hmm. you didn't really feel like it was going to work. Yeah. You got to
0: just, because I think a lot of people also ask, like, how do you know you found the right person? That actually is a good one. I guess we can, I don't write it that down, but we can talk about that. Like, how do you know you found the right person to talk to? Like, obviously with you, I knew from the second that I met you, I was like, this is like a good, it's a really cool soul connection. I know I'm going to be able to learn a lot from her and like, this is just going to evolve into something great. But a lot of people have a bad experience with therapy where they go in and they just kind of feel like they're not getting anything out of it. How do you know if you're with someone who's fitting for you
1: there's even in our own programs when we study we are told that by the first two sessions if we have not connected to that client if that rapport from our client has not you know been established there is a pretty significant chance that the the sessions moving forward are not going to evolve
0: Oh, interesting
1: yeah so if by the second session you are not feeling a connection it doesn't mean you're not enjoying the process Mm because depending on what someone's talking about it might <clears throat> you know bring up certain triggers or it might you know evolve into a little bit of a heavier session than you anticipated but i wouldn't use that necessarily it's really the rapport that mm-hmm. vibe if you don't feel like someone's going to get you or they're not going to understand the the gist of what you're talking about or what you want to you know um, explore then that's not going to be the person for you and so it's one of those really, like when you
0: know yep, you know yep when you if you know you know exactly <laughs> yeah that's okay. really the truth. So you would probably suggest that, like, if you are going to therapy and you have a bad experience the first couple tries, like, try someone new instead of just give up on it.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean, you, you have the right as a client going in <clears throat> to interview them and mm-hmm. ask. That's you know, true. So you can certainly even say, like, how, what, what is your approach when, if I'm talking about exploring X, Y, and Z? Or what background do you have? Because mm-hmm. also some different counselors and therapists have a variety of different modalities that they use. we all do things use. different ways, yeah. too. So you want to certainly understand that person's, you know, background and their theory because it may not be a good fit for you. Mm-hmm. And you may say, oh, no, 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 no. We're not going to go all the way back into psychoanalytic and go there. I just want someone for just this, you know, moment. So I think knowing ahead and asking those questions before you even make your appointment is a good idea.
0: I like that. I like that. Yeah, yeah that, I think that that's very valuable. I, I really lucked out just because yeah. <laughs> of how like easy and awesome it was to find you, but I know that it can be harder sometimes. So that's, I'm, I'm glad we went over that. And then the next question I have written down was, do you have a therapist? And we talked about this before <laughs> we started recording, but I wanted to touch on it again just because I, I really liked the way that you talked about it. Mm-hmm. So what do you, as a therapist or a life coach, Do when you're the one who's struggling?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of times there's just a statement that every therapist needs their own therapist, (laughs) you know, because of the idea. If you really look at what my role is, most people come to me to share the darkest or hardest parts of their life. So it's usually not people that just want to talk about the good things. And there is a lot of negative energy that uh, somebody takes, but I do think that. I, because I practice what I preach, I do a very, very good job about being mindful of making sure that I am not in a space where that energy is entering into my functioning because I have so many strategies that I use for just releasing that energy mm. or clearing my mind. I, I do practice what I preach, meaning that I make sure that I'm taking care of my, my brain health, my wellness, um... And doing the things that probably will come up in a few questions that I'll certainly suggest. So I do utilize those. So it's not that I would need therapy from my work per se, but if I do encounter a situation that's too subjective, it's a little too close to home, and I'm finding that I haven't really um, moved through it or it's impacting my functioning hands down I will absolutely go and seek some guidance or seek advice and I typically have one person that I would go to that I've gone through gone to through the years and it's just I go when I feel it's necessary Mm -hmm. and the necessary means when it's interfering with my functioning and functioning to me is determined by your um is it impacting my work is it impacting my sleep and is it impacting my interpersonal functioning so I like those, those I like that. are a good measure to see whether I really need to go and talk to someone or mm-hmm. is this something that I just, I can keep working through and myself. And honestly,
0: I think that there's so many of us, and I say us as in like probably everyone who's listening to this in my age and just like where we're at, like who are having situations that are interrupting our sleep, our work, our like just life in general. So again, we all need to talk to someone. <laughs> even, even the therapist has to talk to someone sometimes. Yes. Um, yeah. So... I guess a lot of people ask a bunch of different questions and I will say that the one thing that I have held on to the tightest from like knowledge that you've given me was the ants. And I've tried to explain to you guys what the ants are before, but I've never been able to do it properly. So now I have the person who taught me the ants (laughs) to teach you the ants. And I guess however you would teach like a brand new client what the ants are. I okay. guess we could just share it with them.
1: Okay. And I'm going to start off so that I don't ever get in trouble. I want to share that I stole this idea
0: <laughs> from... That's the beauty of ideas, though. We all just got to yes. pass them around.
1: Is um, from Dr. Daniel Amen. I want to give him the credit. He is the creator, I believe, I think, that came up with the acronym and the metaphor behind it. Now, what he did was he took these ants, which, by the way, stands for automatic <laughs> negative thoughts, and... There are um, a lot of other clinical, very, very fancy names for what these really are. If somebody wanted to Google it, it's called cognitive distortions. There are yeah. these wired ways that we have automatically that are not healthy for us, where sometimes we think like, you know, everyone's looking at us and we're the problem, or we are very all or nothing or perfectionistic. So there's thirty, and that is ridiculous to try to memorize. Is there really, thirty and of them? Yeah, there's probably wow. even more now. I mean, that wow. was like over a decade ago that I remember that there were thirty. So what he did was he took, let's say, the top ten out of those thirty that really have to do with our mental health in regards to um, unrealistic anger, anxiety, and depression. And I thought, well, 10 is still a little bit too much. Let me see what I can do. So I created lucky number seven, and I took out of those 10, seven where I combined some, some I made up my own names for them, but the gist is really the same. And I'll explain also the the acronym of, of the metaphor. So when we think of, let's say red ants, there's not many positives that we come into mind because they bite you, they hurt you. And so the first instinct that we have when we get bitten is we smack it off or get it off. Or if we already got bit and it's too late, now we're at least putting some medicine or anti-itch something on there. But the the goal is that we're attending to it. Yeah. An automatic negative thought in real life, we hardly tend to it, to care for it. And instead, we basically get stuck in a loop and it winds up staying and it grows bigger and bigger. So the way that you would immediately brush an ant off we want to, in real life, when you catch yourself having an automatic negative thought, and I'll teach you the seven. I'm
0: but- literally relearning. <laughs> I'm, I'm having the same wake-up call that I had the first time you ever told me all of this. so I'm, I'm loving this. Keep, keep it up. <laughs> well,
1: great. So it basically um, forces you to think like, oh, shoot. I just had one of those. What am I supposed to do? You at least are now having a, an idea that something needs to be done. It. Right. Now, sometimes in life, you may not have that moment to really like deconstruct it and, and attack it or, you know, um, get rid of it. But the fact that you know it was there, so we now know you're bit, you're, you've got that poison, you at least at some point in that day, in that hour, you know, or, or a little bit later, you have to attend to it. And so the way that we attend to it, is really what a mindfulness is about, because you have to deconstruct it. So before we even go into deconstructing it and breaking it down, I want you to just have a little bit of an idea of what, let's say, the, the top seven are. And I'll do it quick, but still with understanding. So one of the first one I say is called negative attitude. And it's when your mind has a tendency to think things will turn out bad before it even happened. So it's being a negative predictor, basically. And there's a lot
0: of reasons why you say... So that's kind of like assuming the worst is going to happen. Correct. The the bad what-ifs, not the good ones.
1: Correct. So, right, a negative attitude. Now, that one happens a lot of times people will say because, well, I already knew, like it happened so many times before, so they're getting their expectations realistic. But what we have to understand is that our thoughts cause our feelings. They are not separate beings. We do not have emotions out of the blue. They are caused by the thoughts that we have. So if these are automatic, that means that we are automatically putting ourselves in positions to be overwhelmed, scared, nervous, um, feeling unfair. Any of these negative things that we're feeling regularly are because of those thoughts. So if we are able to understand like, oh shoot, I did that again. We'll now have the process once I explain them all to undo that so that you can think of all the other possibilities, not just the bad ones. Mm -hmm. So that's ant one. Ant 2 is when you have a tendency to disregard the positives in your life. So I call that ignoring the positive. I
0: struggled with Ant 2 for a long time, I think. I I remember when you first taught me the ants, I was like, oh, that one. That one hit the hardest for me at the time. And I, I also noticed, like, at different phases of my life, Different ants bite me hard. Yes, you yes. Know?
1: Like some... It's so interesting. Yes. It's all going to be based on where you're at and what's happening mm-hmm. or who's, who's in your life. Because exactly. sometimes other people's ants can actually come and affect yeah. you if you're not aware. They just bite both of us. Yeah. <laughs> and I think actually, I think number two, the one where um, we have a tendency to focus on what's not good and what we haven't done or what we don't like or same with the uh, someone else. It's because our brain is actually meant to protect us and it is meant to to be aware. Of all these negatives. But we as human beings in this world today, we don't have to function in fight or flight like we are a caveman looking, you know, for the next thing to like either kill us or for us to eat. So we have to learn how to break that habit of not only seeing all the negative. And it could even be even in our own skill set when we think something bad's going to happen and you're only seeing that and it could be true. But what about your skill set that can get you through it? Because maybe exactly. you're resourceful and capable. Yeah. So... That's number two. The third one, I think, just most people have, and it's a tendency to just exaggerate a negative. We make a bigger deal out of things than really what the problem is. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I think so. Being realistic and recognizing that we'll have tendencies to be more of that, but maybe in certain scenarios. The fourth one is where we get into that very black and white thinking. So I call it extreme thinking. And this one is really where you just only can see see things in one way. So you may have a tendency to say these toxic words like always, never.
0: Oh, this is when you taught me. What was the one I would always say? I should be doing this. I should be doing that.
1: Okay, so that that leads to ant six, which is perfectionistic thinking. Yes. But in this one, it's like saying like, well, everybody else wound up getting that, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. Makes you feel that everyone in the world, everyone in the whole entire world, because we are saying it with such an extreme, which is going to bring you to an emotion that feels so isolated and so left out and rejected that... which our emotions cause our behaviors so it will then lead you into such an extreme behavior either something pretty significant that you will do or something pretty significant that you won't do like it will withhold you so extreme is really about you know all or nothing everybody nobody and always and never type behaviors or type words Mm. you know um Let's say I just said, um, I get very nervous when I do anything on film or anything that's being recorded. So if I said, you know what, I'm just never going to do anything like that, that's an all or nothing. And Mm -hmm. what it does is it eliminates all of the possibilities of me always wanting to share as much as I can share Mm -hmm. with as many people. So it's a really toxic trait to be very all or nothing.
0: And I think that that's kind of like how I was, especially at the beginning of our sessions. I would show up late, not would, I still do show up late to almost every session that we have. And But I would always say like, it's just who I am. Like it's part of, I'm never going to change. Like is it, that would be this ant, right? Nope, it would be ant five. See? Which is- <laughs> I'm still learning all the time. <laughs> but I
1: love that you actually are aware. You know, sometimes even if you don't know which one it is, know which it is I might not know which one, but
0: I know it is one of you, them. Right. If you know it's toxic
1: and you know it's bad, that's good enough. Because what you want to do is you're going to want to make sure that you get that out of you and undo it. But what that is, is that's like a negative label. So that, that's okay. a, a perfect segue into Ant 5.
0: Perfect. It's, <laughs> I did that on purpose, obviously.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, see how we make meaning? Exactly. It's It really is just, um, it's a very, 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 um, uh, long explanation for Ant Five compared to all of the other ones because this is where we have associations. Most things in life, we make associations without even realizing it. They can be positive or they can be negative. I can say the word church, and based on your association with that word, it could be very positive mm. or it could be very traumatizing and triggering. I could, I have helped somebody who, let's say, um, they went to a um, a really cool ice cream museum in Miami Beach when it opened they fell on the sprinkles on the stairs and they wound up breaking their wrists their back like the word sprinkles and ice cream it is not a positive association so everybody in life has an association to things either for themselves to words and events or to other people so, I'll, you know, a little small silly thing is I'm not the biggest fan of my husband's ex. So when I hear her name, I always get like this little cringe. It's like a negative yeah. association. And so the funny thing what I do when I have my friends that have that same name, like I just call them their maiden name. <laughs> or their, but that's, so it's this automatic negative association, yeah. even if it doesn't have you know something significant like behind it but for you when you would say for yourself like oh I'm always like this or I'm so squirrel or I'm so anything and you label yourself you will have very little chance of changing that because you've identified a negative association and label to yourself
0: yeah and I think when I first came to you too this is just something cool I've probably talked about it on here before like I came to you and I was like my brain is all over the place. I'm such a squirrel and I thought it was like the worst thing in the world. Like I viewed it as something so negative about me that I wanted to change and I wanted to fix. And obviously this is just from like learning more about myself along the way, but also through everything I've learned from you, I have taken my squirrel brain and now I view it as kind of one of my most powerful tools because I think it's what keeps me creative. It's what keeps me wanting to do more and wanting to share more. And it's just very cool to see how like I've shifted my association with my squirrel brain like to something so positive that I'm so grateful for versus how it used to be what I hated about myself and what I wanted to change and I think that I just think that that's cool. You created
1: a positive association. Like that's a little, you know, that's like a little skip ahead on, on how do we undo things. Mm-hmm. But in that specific one is you take a negative association and you start developing either a neutral or a positive association. And that is one of the biggest like wonderful things for, in life is when you take something that was a limitation and you make it a superpower. Yeah. And, and you, you, you know, in our talking earlier and we were talking about things in my life and I do get asked a lot because I... I do have a lot of responsibilities and I do a lot of things. Like, how do you get all that done or how do you do it? I'm like, because I have ADHD. Like, so I have the energy. I Mm -hmm. use that type of energy and even a squirrel mind in my creativity or my ability to do all of the different kind of, you know, multitasking. So when you learn to shift your focus and not focus only on the negative, Mm -hmm. but focus on the positive, you're able to pull out things and recognize that some deficits are actually superpowers. Yeah.
0: And it was it was really cool. I don't know when that realization really clicked for me. I think that it because honestly during a
1: journey you'll yeah, never identify specifically exactly but and it's it, the even journey. if
0: it was something that I was trying to work on a year ago like it's been a year now and it's just kind of now clicking for me. I, I realized I was writing a poem about it a couple of weeks ago, just like writing about why I like the way my brain works. And it was such a cool moment for me because I was like, wow, this is something that I used to just like I wanted to get rid of it like so badly, and now. I wouldn't be me without it, and I would never want to know me without it kind of thing. So just learning to love myself along the way has just made everything in my life. We all know how much taking a small action can make a big difference in your life or somebody else's life, whether that's smiling at a stranger, waking up 30 minutes earlier, practicing a new skill for a few days. Small actions go a long way. And the small action I've added to my life lately is taking Seeds DS-01 Daily Symbiotic. It helps maintain a healthy gut and healthy digestion. I genuinely feel things moving through my body easier and I feel better overall taking it. It doesn't only just help your digestion and your gut, it also helps your heart health and your skin. And you just take two little capsules a day. It's also very awesome for me to know that it's backed by science, and lots of it, when it was developed in collaboration with Seed Scientific Board and based on their foundational work in probiotics and the microbiome. It's a product that you know you can trust. And also, our gut is a central hub for various pathways through the body, and a healthy gut microbiome means benefits for all of the things like digestion, skin health, heart health, and your immune system. Overall, it is a great thing that you should take. So trust your gut with Seeds DS-01 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com moments and use code 25moments to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seeds DS-01 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com moments. Code 25moments. You're going to absolutely love it. It's been my favorite thing to take. Hear me out. The moms in our life deserve a spa day every single day. My mom is my rock star. She's the best ever and she prioritizes everybody but herself. I'm amazed at how much she can accomplish in one day. But something super cool is that this Mother's Day, you can make every day a spa day for all of the moms in your life with Osea's Mega Moisture Duo. And let me just tell you right now, I use this duo every day. My skin has never felt softer and smoother and more amazing. But what it is, is a value pack of two luxurious body care moisturizers. It's the Undaria algae Body Oil and the Undaria Collagen Body Lotion. And they both have the most incredible citrusy scent. And right now you can get an additional 10% off your first order with code MOMENTS at Osiamalibu.com.
1: you know it just goes back to hopefully what you can gain when you do come to someone who's a therapist or life coaches learning that really you do have the power within you mm-hmm. to change all of that and so if you don't like the way your brain functions you are not stuck with that brain that you have you just have to learn how to tweak shift things it. and shift and pivot that was another yes. one of the
0: first things that you ever taught me was just shifting I was there a phrase that you said like or it was just shift
1: well it was like well you know instead of saying like, oh shit, <laughs> I don't know if you can curse, but yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. You, you know you like, oh shift, you just shift oh, yes. the mindset. And so that is everything, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's looking at, yes, you can see it in that way, but if you shift your mindset, you will actually see a whole variety of things. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I guess like even in this room, like there's so many beautiful parts of this room, but if you only stayed in one way, you would only just, let's say, see this and see, you know, the mirror, but like, turning here and shifting, it's this whole other vibe. And then shifting this way, it's this whole other vibe. And then the outdoor and the nature. So yeah, just that pivot, that Mm -hmm. shift allows your lenses, the way that you see things, to see something from a different angle.
0: Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. I liked the visual with the room because I've never really thought about it like that. But that was good. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, wait. <laughs> okay, Around so yeah.
1: so yeah. So okay, so now we're leading to so um the ant six, which is what you mentioned a few you know a few moments ago, um, which is a really really hard. I would say one of the hardest ants to crush because this ant perfectionistic thinking is what a lot of people I do think struggle with and it has become part of their personality. Mm -hmm. And perfectionistic thinking is not necessarily needing things to be perfect, but it's that the idea is already in your head of how it should look or what it's supposed to be. Even friendships. If you have an idea of what friendships are supposed to look like, and let's say they're supposed to call you back every time it's you like call. It's like
0: we set expectations. Yes.
1: It's it's all about expectations, but they're unrealistic. And so like, where did they come from? How did you even develop that? So we have to learn that if we say things like should, have to, need to, that's really leading your emotions to guilt, to pressure. So if we're going to say things like that, we have to really, really be aware, what is it that we really should? Who said? And yeah, what if I said? don't do that? So that's what deconstructing is, that's the strategy on all of these ants, is to deconstruct it. Like, so what if? Or what if it actually turned out this way? Yeah. Or where did I learn this from? So if I think that I'm supposed to do, let's just say the dishes every time before I go to bed, why? why? Because maybe like, why you saw your mom do you it? Or like, why? <laughs> did you feel like that's going to make you less of, you know, of, of a responsible person or do you feel like you're going to be dirty just because you didn't like clean the dishes or even something as simple we say like oh I have to go brush my teeth mm-hmm. well you know certainly over time and in a ratio of what we you know need to do there's a difference but like if one or two days you didn't like let it go yeah or for, for you know you know anything that you're finding that you're saying to yourself that you have to should need to it's really, really important well, to then you break beat that yourself down. up That's if exactly. you don't do
0: it, which it's is something I struggled with for a long time, and obviously still have my moments of struggling with it. Is just this negative self talk, which is actually one of the questions on here that I really wanted to dive into. Is like negative self talk for me used to be the only person talking to me. Like I was not my own teammate in my head. Like the voice inside my head was evil to me. Like she told me I wasn't good enough. I wasn't doing enough. I was never going to be pretty enough. I am doing everything wrong. I'm never going to be able to make other people happy whatever it was but i've kind of now been able to make you know the little person in my head like my teammate and that's Mm -hmm. something i learned from you too and i think that so many of us just have that little voice that just keeps telling us do this because of this if you want to make this person happy or this person or
1: you know i would say that it's that aunt alone is you can develop your own nice voice your own nice teammate friend whatever word someone wants to say to, to be kinder would go such a long way.
0: I think now I, I have both of them mm-hmm. because don't get me wrong. Like my, the girl who isn't proud of, you know, me right now, mm-hmm. she'll still come out sometimes. I'll still be hard on myself, but it's in a different way because I also have my teammates. So I don't know how to explain it, but it's like two against one. It's like that person who's trying to tell me I'm not good enough, I'm not doing enough. I have someone to fight back and be like, you know what, actually I am. Like even if I'm not, doing this in this moment or evolving my life right here i'm evolving it somewhere else and i'm just kind of being able to be kinder to myself
1: yeah you know i mean there's a lot of psychology terms you know the id the super ego and the ego. I was and, just
0: learning about that in my, my little class that <laughs> I'm taking. It's like an online one.
1: And it's, you know, what a lot of people know that as. For anybody who does know what those terms may reference, it's like, you know, you have a devil on one shoulder, you have an angel on one shoulder, and it's like, how do you know what you're supposed to do mm-hmm. and how do you find that balance? Well, the goal is is you, your ego, like your best friend voice in there. So that when there are things that have to talk to that, that other voice, it's like, okay, so... So tell yeah. me why. Like, why can't I? Or prove to me that I'm not good enough. Like, what? Because I have all these other proofs that are. Exactly. So that ego is really – like, like that's what we want to be able to use is because it's, it's our confidence. Mm-hmm. And someone who's always looking at just, like, the positives, you know, we also want to sometimes counter that and look at, like, sometimes there's a risks involved. And so what risks – so I think that those two voices are important because sometimes, like, and I shared in my story – I sometimes love the voice that says you can't because, it pushes oh, you. tell me you can't and I will do it. Like, yeah, that's what I, I know I'm motivated by people saying you can't
0: or or that I things are I think it's impossible. also the way that we view that voice. Yes. Because I used to view that voice as, like, something, like, I'm trying to figure out how to, to word it. I don't know how I used to view it, but now I view it as, like, my motivator. Kind of like a coach. Like, okay, well, if you're feeling this way, let's evaluate why I'm talking to myself in that light. And then I kind of just... I don't know, work yeah, on different aspects that's of That's the life.
1: goal. If everybody can just listen and take that, all you're expected to do is just challenge yourself. Like, mm-hmm. so why are you feeling that? Like, why am I thinking this? Like, for what? Oh, because so-and-so told me this in eighth grade. Well, I'm not an eighth grader anymore. Exactly. I don't need to listen to yeah. that voice. So as long as all is, is you're just, you're challenging Like, give a little bit of a fight with that voice. Don't allow that voice Mm -hmm. to basically be the dictator. It may be right in something, but prove that it's right about something. Especially if there's all of these other angles Mm -hmm. to see it. If you haven't seen those angles yet, then you're not really speaking the truth.
0: Yeah, I like this. This is good, this is good.
1: And then just the last one, it actually, a lot of people are like, really, so that one is number seven out of all of the ants, like that's that, that important? And it is. It's blaming. What it basically means... Oh, I forgot
0: about this one.
1: It's right. It's so minimal, but it's so powerful. Because when we take time to find fault, let's... Like, I'm going to be clear. Like, there are real things that actually may be true, and they may be the reason or cause of something. But this is the gist of it. If we waste our time finding fault, whether it was our fault, whether it was because of the pandemic, whether it was because I didn't get to do, you know, X, Y, and Z because of the weather, or because of someone else... You are stuck in the problem. Your brain will not ever go to how can I do something about it now though? What kind of resolution or problem solving can actually take place? So that is why it made the top seven is because it puts you in a powerless, a helpless or hopeless position when the moment you're there, you are not going to be able to problem solve or work through the solution.
0: Well, yeah, because if you're sitting there trying to figure out who did it or what did it, you're not bl- gonna move past it. You're gonna just stay right there because in the of moment. that fault. So there's, there's nothing you can do. Yeah,
1: but that's so not true. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. I had totally forgot. For some reason, I also thought there were only six. So <laughs> that makes sense. That in my head, I just deleted that one because I just <laughs> didn't want to think about it. But yeah, it's it's also hard because I try. I, I do remember all of them, but kind of just in one big scale, not yeah. what each one means. Which I mean, you know, as long as I. I'm aware of it, it's still a good thing. The
1: awareness is key, is that there are ways that we think and we cannot always believe our thoughts. That's Mm -hmm. the gist of it, is that there are thoughts that we have that are automatic, that are not real. And in fact, some of them are lies. Like when we do all or nothing. It's an impossibility for you to really ever say like, I always get left out when so and so or it always um rains when I wash my car. No it doesn't. It just exactly. stands out in your mind.
0: Exactly because so, you're aware like you're it's like you're looking for it. You're, mm-hmm. cre- you're creating it.
1: You're you're creating and you're creating these unfair opportunities or like everybody else has like all the colors of converse but me. So <laughs> like I'm sure people in like Uganda have not or you know exactly. like there's lots yeah. of people but you put yourself in a very rejected Isolated extreme position, mm-hmm. and so what we just have to be aware of of these ants is these ants equate to the way that we talk and think about things and to ourselves, and our thoughts cause our feelings, and our feelings cause our behaviors. That so, was another
0: one that I remember from one of the first sessions I have written down, and I still think about to this day because it'll start in my mind, and I will notice when I'm thinking something that I know is going to make me feel bad, and I'll kind of just shift the thought into something that will make me feel good or just redirect it or refocus it or put my energy elsewhere because it's so true. Like if I'm thinking early on in the day, oh, I don't want to drive to the gym today because there's going to be traffic. And I was just, I've told her a lot lately about how much I hate sitting in traffic. But if I'm thinking that, I already am going to start to feel the stress and the anxiety that I have to drive to the gym. I know this is such a silly example, but like we all have our own little silly examples. Mm -hmm. And then... On my drive to the gym, I would just behave with anger. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but everything just kind of shifts, and I'm mad at everyone if someone, like, tries to come in my lane. I'm like, really? Like, why are you doing that right now? Versus, I don't know, if I shift it into, oh, I get to go to the gym, and I'm going to use this drive to listen to my favorite song and to just not be on my phone and to be peaceful for once in this day, So think about those
1: words. You just created a different sense of looking forward to it. Like Mm -hmm. excitement, curiosity maybe, um, feeling good. There's just all being, you know, the adrenaline is all going to be in a positive. So that because, now this is the only area I could say is very black and white science. You Mm -hmm. cannot, you can't mess with science. It's a formula. So your thoughts cause your emotions. Your emotions cause you to do or not do behaviors. Very simple. So how much of your life are you going to focus on making sure that you choose a better narrative of something you have to do or that you've already experienced? Because that narrative, whatever you say, is going to absolutely equate into what emotion you're about to feel. It's
0: one of those, instead of saying I have to do this, it's like, and mm-hmm. I get to. And I, I, I love that one. I kind of think I've, I've thought about that for a really long time, but when I actually apply it to my life, Life is just so much more enjoyable. Yeah. And it sounds, like, really silly and cliche, but it's so real. It's like If you appreciate all the things that you get to, like, there is, having to go pee in the middle of the night, I don't know, something like that, like, I would be like, damn, I gotta get out of bed right now, it's dark, gotta turn the light on. If that were to happen to me now, I'm like, oh, okay, I get to pee, like, I'm, I don't even know how to explain it. I am capable, I get, there's It's a really I, silly I example. Think I think what you're giving is that yeah. in the moment. No, but, what,
1: you know, I think, well, but look though, I think that that example is good because it is so off the wall and silly, like but even there the are real I people. way able-bodied to get that, up and
0: go to the that's bathroom That's what I was myself. just going to
1: say. There are people who don't have working limbs or who may have to have, you know, a catheter because they don't have that capability. And, you know, it. I, I have a lot of people that will say like, yeah, I know, but that's not me and I'm dealing with this okay, but there's lots of people that wish they could be dealing with that. So if you just change your mindset and at like, what if I didn't even have legs to be able to walk to the bathroom to go? So like, you know what? Yeah. Let's thank God that I actually have, this This is not that big of a problem. So what you're doing is you're breaking down ant three, really the magnitude of, okay, so it's no big deal. Mm -hmm. Like there is way more, would you trade that problem with other people's problems? No. So when you do change your mindset, even though yes, you're still experiencing something you may not like or want, it's knowing it could actually be ten times worse. So Mm -hmm. thankful, everyone goes through crap. Everyone has stuff. If this is the crap that I'm dealing with, I'll take it. Exactly. That's what we want to say.
0: Yeah, I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. Well, I guess I'll just ask some of the things that I wrote down. Like coming to you as me. But with someone else's okay. question, I guess. What is the healthiest way that I should handle rejection?
1: So this is actually, this, this is a great question because I think that there are moments in our day that we're just being rejected without even realizing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when we want to get into a certain, you know, um, line and we're waiting from a side street and we're not allowed, they're not letting us through. That's a, that's a pure rejection. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the biggest things that I like to mention um, is the four agreements which is um, one of them. I won't go into them all, but if anyone wants to look them up, there's just four of them. It's both. a great book.
0: Everyone should read I think I've, I've told you guys about that before. I need to reread it because it's such a good one.
1: And, and it really, they're just like the four, ba- I mean, I'll say the four basic ones without having to go into them all, but do not assume, be impeccable with your word, always do your best, and here's the big one. Do not take things personal. So that is a one big piece that I do want there to be an understanding of, of what does it mean? Like, what do you mean don't take it personal? They literally told me no, or this person doesn't want to date and me. And that's
0: one thing that we all do. I yeah. struggle with taking things personally all the time.
1: Yeah. It's, it's definitely a human behavior, but what I think is important is, you know, number one, to recognize that not everything really is about us, that something that we're getting rejected for is not really necessarily like about us, but it could be that it's not good or not okay for somebody else. It also could mean that whatever we're experiencing a no, or it's being taken from us, this is where there's a little bit more of a spiritual perspective, but there has to be some sort of reason that that is not serving you right now. Even if you're like, no, but I want it, or I have to have it, like, how am I not able to go to this or do this? You have to believe that that if you were to do that now, it is filling the space for something better that you just mm-hmm. don't know, and it just comes down to, to
0: trusting it, whatever trusting it is that you and trust, having faith. and that that's a huge. I've I've told you guys this on the podcast before too. Like my one of my biggest words for 2023 is just trust, yeah, and just believing that everything is coming to me at the right time and in the right place. And I think the mindset shift, as simple as that, changes everything for me because I'm able to just handle I like rejection at its finest. Like, I'm like, okay, well, that's not what's meant for me right now then, and we're just going to keep moving. Yeah. I'm not going to stop my life and my future for something that's not even meant to be in my life right now.
1: And I think that there's also a difference between self-reflecting and taking a moment to say, is there anything that I could gain from this? Like, is there something that maybe if it was an interview for a job, is there anything that I could, you know, do a little better or maybe I wasn't clear? Sure, we can take those little pieces of moments, but go back to the same mentality you just said. You've got to look at it that there is a, there's something bigger. And for those that say, well, like, I can't just trust that easy or I don't have faith like that. Well, I would certainly challenge you to say, look in your life, you have a lot more trust than you realize. If you're mm-hmm. in a car, you're definitely trusting that other people are stopping at the red light. You're trusting that when you eat your food, that it is going down the right pipe, that when you're going to the bathroom, it's all, it's all coming <laughs> to, or we're doing what it's supposed to do. Like, so we have trust and faith in so many tiny little things that we don't think about. So if we could just expand that to be mindful. And if mindful, we also
0: pause and think about where we're at in our life right now and realize we've already made it through so many different things, so much adversity, like it has proven to work. Like everything is happening for a reason. You're here for a reason. So that helps me think about the future too because I'll stress myself out about it. But then I'll realize, oh, it's already worked out now. I see it continuing to do this.
1: So I think you bring up something really important that sometimes things aren't just like these easy answers where you just do it in a moment and it like works. It's things where you have to develop a mentality so that you can practice this type of mindfulness. And I think it definitely
0: doesn't happen overnight. And right. I think that that's something a lot of people think that, oh, like if it's I so just,
1: instant. And
0: it's not. It is, it's never, you're always learning, you're always growing. And I think we, that we're always adapting to different things that our brain are creating. You said something
1: before the, the podcast started that about, you know, really learning to connect the dots and, and that mindfulness. And it's so, so, so important to understand. You cannot connect dots when you're in it though. You can only connect dots after. after. Mm-hmm. So if, though, you're someone who does look at connecting the dots, then you would know things do work out for me. So I can trust that because all of these other things, like I'm okay now. So even if I was in a bad a bad, you know, place or a bad spot, I'm still okay now, or I was able to get through it, or I'm healthy now, then that is what's needed so that when you are in those moments, you don't just wait for them to be reactive. You're proactive. You already have a mindset that... I may not understand things in the moments when they happen. I think, for
0: example, the stomach flu. Like, if we're not talking in a mental health way, in a physical health way, when you get sick, you get a cold, you get the flu, yeah, it sucks in the moment and you feel like it's never going to end, but it does in the same way I think that our emotions do too. Like, different, it passes. Everything passes. They do. It's
1: temporary. mm -hmm. There is a temporary piece to this. And, you know, that, to me, in the mental health world, is something that is so, so... I feel like urgent to get out there is that all of our problems really other than death are temporary everything is temporary so let's not ever make these permanent statements and permanent decisions mm-hmm. over things that are temporary and feelings are fleeting and feelings are created by us so if we don't like what we feel, it's like a TV and a remote. If you don't like what you're watching on that TV, changing change the face. channel. And if you yeah. still aren't getting what you like, then you keep changing yeah, it until you, you land there. on something that I works. like that one. I like yeah. that one a
0: lot. And I also like, I, I think I told you guys this on last week's episode, but that that um, emotions are energy in motion. And that just helped me find so much peace with understanding this feeling isn't going to last. It's just moving through me at this moment. And yeah. eventually it will be out and I'll be moved on to the next emotion. And you, know? you can say,
1: what am I doing to help move this through me? Because some people stay stuck mm-hmm. or they don't do much. And I really do talk about And I know that you embrace this as well. There are a, a variety of ways. And I might even mention this again in another question. But there are a variety of ways to move through those things and through our feelings. And it's by doing something physical, doing yeah, something spiritual, we, I emotional, we should go over those social. now because this okay. is like...
0: This is another thing that was so valuable. You said every day you need to do something. This, this, and this. Yes. Forget what they are now. <laughs> this is just my sign. I need to learn. Yes, again. yes. So,
1: and you know, and again, take this for whatever questions you have. This is an understanding about you know really now the brain is a complicated you know uh, organ because of the fact that there's a lot of different chemicals that come out, and we have the power to release particular chemicals that are related to you know joy and peace. Those are the two main words that I use. And just like as much as we can create a lot of anxiety and stress, there's those chemicals as well. So when we do, now I'll start off to say, when we do one thing from each of these categories that I'm about to tell you, you put yourself in a very good position to combat all of the additional stressors and, you know, negative chemicals that we produce. So... Physical, any movement, anything that we can do that involves movement, either think about things that you did a long time ago when you were really little, think about things maybe you're doing now, or what would you love to do that you never ever did before?
0: Me and Lisette got ripsticks, we have skateboards, we oh, go that's do playtime, so cool. and this is my favorite form of the physical aspect, like just going, we call it playtime, like we'll go play kickball, yes. soccer, football basketball like we will just act like little kids because I think that also heals our inner child a little bit which is great but... I'm a
1: play therapist so you're <laughs> totally you know preaching to the choir like play is a language mm-hmm. and the way that we play and the way that we move through things really is um helping us have that aspect where it doesn't get stuck and it's you know and I, I mentioned it our issues are in our tissues our, our you issues know
0: are in our tissues.
1: emotions are just that you know energy and motion all of that helps come through when we are physically active so in that aspect there's like several different chemicals that we release when we are when we are active um the emotional category emotional category are things in our life that bring us such a feeling of productivity or joy they're usually our hobbies or these places that we go that we we really feel like some people might say the beach Mm -hmm. um but going and finding those things to be able to do and incorporate. And again, we look at it doesn't have to be the same thing over and over. It can be, you know, something that evolves into, like, if you're a photographer, you might say, well, you know, I'm only going to photograph things that are inspirational. Next week, I'm going to photograph things that are all animals or only things on my nature walk. So you can mix it up so it doesn't feel so boring, but the emotional category is pretty big and a lot of people don't realize it, but there's Um, you, you, that's kind of where you create a little bit of a life outside of other people. It's the area where you can have your aloneness and still feel good and accomplished. So that's what we want to think of. And if we don't have many of those, we should start thinking of more to add. And again, because
0: that's another thing that I have got, um, a lot of questions about is just The difference between being alone and loneliness Mm -hmm. and I think that that's something a lot of people struggle with or like I I do I know that because I've gotten a lot of messages about it like I feel alone I don't know how to enjoy alone time I don't know how to be alone so maybe after this or right now we can throw it in like what do you suggest or what do you what pieces of information do you have for someone who feels alone
1: well I think what's happening is is that they are missing these aspects to their life that are called like our life. Like, you know, more so the spiritual, emotional, and physical. There are things to that that you can feel accomplished in. Accomplishment is a, it, I'm going to speak a lot about that because that is the only way for us to develop our self-worth and our mm-hmm. self-esteem is the way that we feel accomplished about stuff. Not how many people tell us how, whether pretty we are or how accomplished we are or what trophies we well, have. because
0: yeah, if you don't believe it yourself, no C- matter who tells it to right. you, it you're never going to feel yes. like you've actually succeeded in that.
1: So finding things that you're like, you know, oh my God, I love doing my crochet or I really love um, going out and, and, and doing, you know, photographing these things and finding the meaning and making that meaning that removes loneliness. Because you feel fulfilled, you feel yeah. satisfied, and you did it by yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 a journey, again, it's a journey, it's not a, a, an instant thing where you just all of a sudden don't feel lonely, but there's also the peace with ants, because a lot of times people get stuck with their ants, their automatic negative thoughts, when they're alone, and then they start feeling anxious, and they're like, yeah, I don't it's know it's what it's to when do. When you're and alone,
0: you're kind of forced... To, to be with yourself. About, yeah, you're forced to think about the things that you're thinking instead of just, you know, talking to someone else or changing the subject. You, you have to be with your thoughts. And the thing is, I think that so many people avoid their own emotions instead of feel them. That's That correct. it just makes it hard.
1: They avoid it by either being so, 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 so busy or they mm-hmm. avoid it by maybe possibly diving into an addiction. Not maybe even intentionally, but that's what winds up taking over. And so you're really not ever attending to those and then what you're left with is when you are blindsided by them and they just supposedly happen, you're like, I don't know what to do, and you get stuck because they're not right, it's not instant. It's a process. It's a mm-hmm. practice that we have to develop. So so really if I were to answer that question, I'd say there's so much more work, excuse me, with the ants and breaking those cognitive distortions, those, those negative ways of thinking so that you have different lenses when you are alone. You're not using those lenses where you see only the negatives or not being, not you know, not good enough or, oh, I'm how sad I'm by myself. And recognizing that aloneness is actually re- really riveting. It's very, um, it's wonderful. You're not told what to do. Yeah, you can do whatever I, you I've, want.
0: You can... I mean, I've always kind of been okay with being alone, but in my recent past few months, I thrive in my alone time. And I just, I, I, I do think that's when I learn the most about myself and that's where I feel the most, empowered mm-hmm. to like create a future for myself I don't know how to explain it but being alone has become my favorite thing just like doing things that used to kind of scare me to do alone like going to eat for example by myself used to terrify me I would never do that and now I'm like I feel empowered when I do it because I get to be with me and I have turned myself into my own best friend where like I don't even feel like I'm alone because I have me because does you that create, make
1: sense at all it, it does it's because you created a meaning and and a a meaning behind it of what it will evolve into. So now because of the lenses you have to go into it and being alone, you've you've created like in order to be successful and even mentally healthy, successful, like that, we have to put on our we have to have our own oxygen. Mm -hmm. We have to be okay with ourselves. I like that. We We have have to love ourselves. Oxygen. Yeah.
0: Yeah. A little intermission. I get ecstatic to read you guys this ad because Thrive Cosmetics has been my go-to mascara and makeup for years now. So getting to be able to tell you about them is truly a dream come true. One thing that I absolutely love about Thrive is that they have clean, skin-loving ingredients and their foolproof products make it easy for any skill level to apply. You guys know if you follow me anywhere, but just listening to the podcast, makeup isn't my strongest suit, but I do love to play around with it and Thrive makes it so simple. And another thing that amazes me about Thrive is that for every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates products to Fund and help communities thrive, which is so beautiful and they also have an infinity waterproof eyebrow liner Which is so cool You can get your eyebrows looking exactly how you need them to and then go jump in the pool But my most favorite other than their mascara, which is my top tier thrive cosmetics product It's like a liquid lash extensions mascara. It's tubing S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash moments for 10% off your first order. Quick intermission. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. We all hold way too much heaviness on our shoulders, on our chest. We keep things in our mind that we need to release. And sometimes it feels like there's nobody in our life that we can release our feelings to. And that's why I am the world's number one advocate for therapy. I love going to therapy. It's honestly been too long since I've been but we're constantly carrying around so many big stresses and we keep it bottled up and it can affect us and the people around us so negatively. So I believe that going to therapy isn't only something that's good for you, but also good for the people around you. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I want you to try BetterHelp. It is designed for you. It is designed online. You can connect with a therapist through a chat, through a video call, through a phone call. You can change therapists at no cost. It is made to be easy, and affordable for you. It's entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and you'll get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time with no additional charge, like I said. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com moments today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com moments. Because I think so many of us now, especially in this, I guess, day huge, we just crave other people's validation and we feel like we need other people's validation to do anything or succeed at anything so we're always surrounding ourselves with people to validate us and most of the time when we do that we haven't even validated ourselves like we're not giving that's ourselves exactly
1: it it's it's we have not validated ourselves so we don't so if you can validate yourself you're not requiring the other validation We are living in a society where all of these things are, you know, in social media and you put a post on there and then you're looking all day, like, you know, you're seeing all these, like, whether they're fire emojis or what people Mm -hmm. are saying about you and to you and the truth is... How many likes it has, how many shares it has. Like, you... It means nothing because mm -hmm. what, what really has to do is like, you know what? I'm proud of the way that I might have been scared to post this and I posted it. I'm so proud that whatever I've put in this, that I put so much effort and it evolved into this, you know, final product. So what we have to learn to value is our effort. And our performance, not so much the final product or like... This is another one that just like... It's
0: what, What is it exactly? It's about effort, not outcome.
1: Oh, yeah. So our outcomes are not at all in our control at all. As much as we would love and wish that they could be, we have zero control of outcome. What we do have control over is our efforts. And that is the only thing that we have control over. So if we focus on our efforts... We, there's more likelihood that we can try to achieve the outcome that we're trying for, but those efforts is what you want to use to value, you know, your, yourself and, and your performance, not the grade that you may have gotten on a test or on a certain score, but did you really feel like with what it required and what was on your plate and how you tackled it and how you handled it, do you feel like you did your best? that is what you learn to evaluate not so much what that outcome was
0: I think that that's hard so hard for people to do yeah right now in a society that is so like I think back to high school for example like I didn't I wasn't aware of any of this at the time but looking back on it everything was based on what your outcome was I think standardized testing I think getting into colleges like that's why it's become so prominent in our lives and everything that it's only about where you end up and not what you did to get there but I think that when you can at least recognize for yourself that you did your best, it just makes, I don't know, everything feel a little bit simpler. You're,
1: you're, but you're one, I wanna say like 100% correct. There was this mentality. Maybe 30 years ago, 40 years ago, I don't know where it got established, where you were who you were based on your successes yeah. with a type of school or mm-hmm. what GPA or what your job was. And I will say, and maybe that's like some of the positives even of social media is that we are learning we're though. We're starting to that, kind of
0: break that, not necessarily yeah, stigma, but that just you, that you that don't idea. need. Yeah, no, it's totally.
1: You don't need to have exactly what this was years ago. To still be able to be a successful person, or to be able to be a quality person, um, and somebody maybe who who doesn't you know have the ability to have a job that um, let's say you know either makes a lot or or has a lot of notoriety, that doesn't mean that that person has any less ability to be happy. Because if, for example, let's just take somebody who does drive-through at fast foods. Mm-hmm. If that person goes in and says, my effort is to be as kind to anybody even when I get adversity, is to be, in which they're probably going to get adversity because outcome yes. is not in yeah. their control. So if they were to be able to do that and, and know that their job is to hand out that food every day and not leave it at the window and to hold their arm out, the end of the day, this is what they look at. With everything that happened in their day that that, that was on their plate, how did they handle themselves, and how did they handle their effort? That is what they would qualify, whether they had a great day or not, for themselves. Mm-hmm. Because not whether how many people were rude, but how many people were rude, and I didn't let it bother me, yeah. or I wound up saying, "Here's an extra, fry, or whatever <laughs> Here's you know, an it extra fry. Is. <laughs> you know, and make you happy." <laughs> but it's just the idea is, it doesn't matter who you are and what you do. It's all about focusing on your efforts and mm-hmm. yourself, and letting like the distraction of everybody else not get in to your mind about how you are doing with your effort and, and the way that you are handling yourself basically.
0: Yeah. Well, I think back to when I first went to college, I didn't get into the, F's. I didn't get into university and I was really embarrassed that I didn't get in. I was like, my test scores were so good. My essay was great. I was included in every single thing that I could have done in high school. I was involved in, and I was embarrassed to tell people that I didn't get into the college that I wanted to go to. And the thing is also, it wasn't a very hard quote unquote college to get into. So I just didn't tell people that I was going to community college. I just lied that I was going to the college that I didn't even get into. And I did that for a long time just because I didn't want to hear what other people had to say like, oh, you're going to community college, you're doing this and you're doing that. It's funny to say now that I've dropped out of college in general, (laughs) but like it was really hard for me to do. And I finally got to a point where I was like, I did my best and I am really okay with where I'm at in my life. If anything, I'm, I'm really proud of where I'm at in my life and I wouldn't be here if it weren't for me going to community college because say I got into the university, I would have done probably a sorority, probably would have stayed there instead of come home for school. All of the pieces that happened happened for a reason. And like, I am just now proud of the fact that I did that. And I don't really take what other people have to say about it because people still say stuff like, Oh, you're a dropout. Oh, you went to community college. You're going to fail at what you do. Social media is stupid. You know, people have things to say, but I don't let it affect me because I'm like, proud of what I've done, you Oh my know? gosh,
1: I was just going to, yep, because I was almost going to interrupt you and say, like, <laughs> this is, like, I just love this stuff. But this is exactly why even the question about how to handle rejection, it, when you develop a pattern in life of really focusing on the things that you're doing well and making sure that you recognize your efforts in situations that even the outcome can be awful, but your effort and your role that you played and how, you know, well you did that supersedes when somebody says something mean or yeah. nasty. It, it really doesn't matter. It, it's almost like kind of laughable or you just mm-hmm. like say a little prayer for them because exactly. you know inside really the truth and what matters most. You know, so I think that that to me is the most important, you know, um aspect of your story about that confidence where, you know, now, you know, again, you can look back and and connect all the dots to see that all of these pieces needed to Mm -hmm. happen for you. Um, so it's, it's, it's a nice reinforcement though, that just sharing all of these things are not some of these little isolated answers for just people to just, do like take one they can take one or two that's great but it's more about like it's this journey Mm -hmm. that we have to be on and it's not just taking one of those but knowing that mindfulness is still part of it knowing what making sure that you're always thinking about your accomplishments and your efforts and giving yourself you know uh, some some kudos to that and some kind of reinforcements to yourself because yeah not everyone is going to
0: And I think that that that's what's cool too. Like, even though we've only maybe talked about one or two of the questions on here, I think that everything we've talked about is almost the way that we would answer each of the questions that are written down, you know, like everything that we've talked about are the tools and the pieces of information that have made my life feel so much more whole. So it's cool. Like, I don't even know, we've been talking for an hour it does not feel like that. Oh no, it doesn't. And especially because I was
1: so nervous and so scared I know. when no, we started. Is, we,
0: we were we were really nervous to do this, but we've been talking for an hour. I don't think I've ever even done wow. a podcast that long, which is just so interesting. And obviously, we'll we'll go through a couple more things, but it's just well, you
1: know, you use the thing about cool. having a drone and like now being able to like be above and see everything. So that's what it's like. It's like it's not just like you can't have a forest without tons and tons of trees, but you can't only just like look at each tree. So yeah. it's really being able to understand that without having all of these individual trees, even, like, the trees that got cut down and even mm-hmm. the trees that have rotten them. it's all, all is it makes part the forest. of forest. Yes. And that's
0: why another reason it's not going to be overnight because, you know, you got to plant the seeds for the trees and they got to grow. Yes. And eventually they grow and then you learn. And eventually it just kind of becomes a habit to think in this different way. And I think that that's where, like, my I have just noticed the way that I think now versus how i thought two, three years ago, one year ago, yesterday – is constantly evolving. And when I tell myself that I'm constantly evolving, I notice my life feel better. And even if nothing changes physically, if I'm changing the way that I think mentally, I feel as though everything has changed physically, if that makes sense. It
1: does, because the way that you, it's the meaning you make, so the way you view it, the lenses that you have on, are going to be the way that you make meaning. And the way you make meaning then equates to the emotions that you're going to feel. So that really is exactly how it does work. And so, I mean, I think it's just so important to really, you know, reinforce that... I guess like I, I, I keep saying this It's just a lot of times people look for these quick answers and I want them to really be able to understand that it's developing a new mindset mm-hmm. and developing a new mindset. It's like if you take a poster that's been rolled up for so long, just because you've opened it doesn't mean it's going to stay yeah, open. It's going to keep rolling. You have to roll it the opposite every way day, times, and and keep, eventually,
0: I, right. I mean, and I think back to when I first came to you, I wanted you to fix me. I wanted you to take away my ADHD and make me be normal. And, like, that is how I thought about it. I was like, I'm going to therapy to do this. It's just crazy the way that I see it now. Yeah. Like, now, one, that's become my superpower. Two, it wasn't an overnight thing. Three, I never needed to be fixed. Like, I I just needed to you definitely accept you and fixing? love, like, who I was. And it's just been so cool to, like, Yeah, you have developed that a new journey mindset. happen. I just, I feel like I've grown up so much since I first met you. Because even you didn't. when I first did... <laughs> I thought I and at the time I was still pretty mindful and aware of what I was going through and how to handle everything just not at all compared to where I'm at now.
1: And it's still, believe it or not, going to keep happening oh, to you. I you don't it. know what you don't know. <laughs> exactly. So Exactly.
0: Next year I'll be like <laughs> I thought I was all yes, all exactly. situated then like it's just And also it's cool to see too that this is just a wave and I might be at like a really high point in my life right now and that's not to say I'm never going to be sad again mm-hmm. even with all of these healthy coping skills i guess and tools like i'm still going to face hard moments and hard days but now i just kind of know you're more resilient so
1: your mindset that you became that you got stronger and stronger just like when you go to the gym and you start off at a smaller weight and you eventually graduate different weights and you go up or you start off only being able to run for a minute and then it goes to two or three or four or five you become you have that endurance that Mm -hmm. you wind up developing winds up tap- tackling now another problem that comes your way the problem doesn't seem as significant as it may have had months ago because you already did some of that work and that yeah. mental work to be able to look at it as like that's why it's not that big like it bothers me and I'm sad about it but it's not going to impact your functioning mm-hmm. that's the difference
0: oh yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's just, like it's like just... what
1: Overcall's those taken moments of those aha moments like mm-hmm. take it in you know it's you really when you if you think about it it's not that things just don't bother you. It's that you have developed such a mindset and an understanding of the way that life works and the way that you are, that when something happens, it's just, it's solvable. Like you, mm-hmm. you have the capabilities and the resources in your mind already to pretty much figure out what to do with it. But it doesn't mean you don't have a feeling about it. It doesn't mean you're not sad. Or worried, you just don't get stuck in it, mm-hmm. and that's when people say, "Like, feel your feels, like recognize it." And I, ow, oh, and
0: I beans. think my <laughs> <laughs> beans <laughs> wanted to climb up my leg <laughs> with his nails. Um, Classic beans. Beans interrupts almost every. Place. Sometimes I, I have my camera set up like on his. Toy because I'm too lazy to buy a tripod. He'll climb up there and like try to knock off the camera, and I'm like, Beans, come on. Oh,
1: that's so, so he's always funny. He just
0: loves to be part of it, you know? He to be part of Yeah. Everything.
1: And I love cats, so you can use my leg, which is a little startling to feel that little pinch. Um, <laughs> the nails,
0: right through the jeans. Um, but it's
1: that weird. totally, I have no memory now of what I was even saying either.
0: <laughs>
1: and that's but the great thing of not having to be perfect. Exactly.
0: That's what, because before we started this episode, we were both kind of just like, oh, I'm nervous, I'm nervous. But that was the most beautiful part about it. Like, like we're, we're humans. We're going to feel nervous. We're going to feel anxious. But we're not going to let that stop us right. from doing
1: Continuing it. Continuing to help others. And that's others. just like
0: why I one tech talk, TED talk I watched that I loved is called Dancing with Fear or something. Now every time I'm scared of something, I just use it as that much more motivation to do it. Because I know that it's going to evolve me in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Or just strengthen me. Or push me out of my comfort zone. It That's, always comes that with was goodness. like that
1: great one. I don't know if you ever watched it, but it was on like a 100 Days of Rejection. And when Oh, no. oh my gosh, well just well, because it's the list. It's basically somebody who puts themselves in a position to be rejected, which is oh, one of the questions you did tell so me about hard. This. Yes. And what it does is it just minimizes the feeling of rejection every time he's already heard the word no. no. And even if you think about it too and what he'll describe is like, okay, so they said no. Like Okay, so then what? Like, or what? Like, is it really that detrimental? Is it really that horrible? Or, you know, and so the idea for him was no matter what, he was going to ask, and he realized also through it the different things he gained by not having the fear of rejection get in the way. But it was just, I think it's just a wonderful thing because. We are supposed to force ourselves, that is the one force, is to be outside of our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, and this is where I guess it leads back to kind of what we were talking about before, if you don't allow yourself to experience something out of your comfort zone and you're always being a passenger in life for it to happen to you. This is
0: another one. <laughs> that, being the driver. being the driver in your
1: life. Is, you know, then you wind up being that passenger and feeling a little bit of out of control and not being able to assert yourself and take that as a driver and deal with it because you never allowed yourself before so I think that that just kind of speaks to the more we allow ourselves to deal with stuff we don't like and that we don't want or, or being outside of our comfort zone you become less affected when something else happens again that you may not be prepared for
0: yeah wow I think that this was I feel like we covered so many right things. Without, without even, even... The questions exactly and this is what I was saying before <laughs> I was like I was kind of figuring out like how we were going to do this, how we're going to go about it. And I was like, well, we'll just kind of read through the questions and it'll lead us into one thing and then another. And we made it through maybe three questions, but still covered so much of what we would have talked about had it just been the questions, which I think is so cool. But I I guess we could probably kind of end it here because I don't think people listen past an hour. I've never done one this long. Usually I do, I think like 30 to 40 minutes, but... We, can, we should do this again sometime. I would because love I to. Think that this was I just, don't even
1: have nerves now. Like, my Right? Like, once you do something so once, it just now. makes yeah. it
0: so easy to just go and flow and talk. And, like, I think that this is going to be so valuable for everyone listening. I mean, even just me rehearing these things just hit hit all again. Like, I feel like I just went to my first session again. And it was <laughs> so good. And it was just so cool. I'm very excited to share all of your knowledge with the world and just how awesome you are and how much you've impacted my life. Thank you. Thank
1: you. And I feel like, you know what, even just with some of the little questions that we did, there might be so many more questions of the the answers mm -hmm. on these questions that we can expand or, you know, explore. We'll we'll
0: definitely do a part two and have people just like, if you guys want to, I forget that they're listening. (laughs) I'm like talking to you, but if you guys want to just, you know, DM me like what else you want to know and what you want us to dive deeper on, and we can definitely do that. And I think it'll be great and it'll be awesome, but... I guess, like, thank you for coming on the Moments Podcast. Thank this you so is much so for cool. bringing
1: this into my world to, you know, to do, because I've never done this before. Yeah. And and just, again, the fact that there are so many people who are listening that are just looking for, even if there's one piece that they can, you know, gain from mm-hmm. this, um, to then listen again and to just keep hearing more. I think that um, this is such a blessing to be able to be part of something that is so wonderful that is helping others. It's just
0: so cool. Even though we talk about how, you know, society can be a little crazy right now with the way that it works, we have yeah. opportunities like this yeah. and when we focus on that, it That's all gets, right. it all gets a little bit better. But if you have one more thing that mm-hmm. you want to tell, say, everyone in the world, what was it? What would it be? Like what is your one piece of life advice that you would share? I, I my it is like even such though a we loaded just went question because so I've so much <laughs> advice. like um, What's the first thing that pops into your mind? You know,
1: I guess it's just to know wherever there's darkness, there's light. And wherever there's light, there's darkness. It is your choice what you're gonna pull out of that. And so even when you are in the hardest of hearts and you are in the most challenging times, I, I promise you there is still something that you can have a win from. So if it means you're pulling something that's inspirational for you moving forward, if there is something that you gained in that moment or why it didn't happen, but that to me is the biggest piece because that has to do with our prefrontal cortex, our frontal lobe, which really means our logic, our ability to problem solve. And so our emotion brain usually takes over. So if we can get in the habit of finding opportunities and seeing that, then when that happens more often, that's how we prevent ourselves from getting so stuck in the problem and the negative and being in that loop. So just know there is always light where there's dark and there is always dark where there's light. You choose, you choose your heart.
0: It's such a, that's such a good one because it it really does just make all, all, all of this makes such a difference I think in, in everyone's mind. So thank you guys for listening and I guess that we'll talk to you next Monday. All right. Bye.